Michael Horton is a registered Australian psychologist, trained teacher, author of Anxiety Coach, Talk Less, Listen More, and Engaging Adolescents. Michael's an international speaker, media commentator, and father of two. Michael has 30 years experience working with children and families, including in his private practice, working with the United Nations in Seychelles. Michael has also first-hand experience in preparing child welfare reports for the family court. Michael is one of Australia's foremost experts in tough conversations, managing child anxiety, managing teen anxiety, managing difficult behaviours in children, adolescents, as well as adults. It was a pleasure to unpack the work that Michael is leading over 54 schools in partnership with the New South Wales Primary Principals Association. Michael Horton, welcome to our podcast. Thanks very much, Drew. Michael, can you tell us about a little bit about yourself and the work that you are doing regarding the Anxiety Project? Well, uh, I'm a psychologist, and prior to being a psychologist, I used to be a school teacher. So, I th- over the years, I've been able to combine those two kind of skill sets. Uh, as a psychologist, I worked in a community health setting, uh, seeing lots of parents, and uh, I had referrals yep. into my setting at community health from schools, where kids were um, either not behaving well or uh, they were anxious. And so the issues that I was dealing with for a long time uh, as a community-based psychologist was was how to help mums and dads but also school teachers to deal with behaviour problems but also uh, anxiety problems as they arose. Uh, the, the last 18 or so years I've been doing training uh, in schools but also in community settings uh, helping with uh, a couple of things, behaviour management courses, but also uh, more recently in the anxiety management uh, area. And we know mm. a few good things about anxiety, if there are good things to be said about anxiety. Um, the first thing is that the vast majority of uh, anxiety problems in children, and I'm talking kids under 13 here, uh, are, are learned. And um, that's a surprising statistic. Um, uh, it's about actually 68% we know is, is learned behaviour in children uh, and the other is genetics and temperament. Um, but even with kids who've got genetic temperamental anxiety, there's a lot that can be done to help them yeah. to manage their anxiety. So the anxiety project, if you like, uh, came out of the APA research that was done in 2019 and uh, what happened back then was that Michael Nuttall, who was the executive officer at the time, asked me to put together a, uh, a, a survey to survey um, uh, the 7,000 school principals across Australia. But also um, he, well, what happened was that we got about 10% of those back, which is not bad um, in terms of a survey. Uh, so about mm-hmm. 694 um, principals responded and there were two big things they came up with, Drew. One is that a lot of them were seeing uh, more anxiety compared with a, a generation ago. Some of the principals have been in their job for 20, 30 yeah. years. And so they were seeing more anxiety. And 80% of them said anxiety is a significant issue in their school. And then 90% uh, were saying we don't ha- really have the resources within the school to, to manage that children. Yeah, that's really interesting, Michael, what you've unpacked there, and we'll unpack them further with the notion of anxiety. Michael, is anxiety a learnt behaviour that can be unlearnt? 
Well, the good thing about anything that's learned mostly uh, is that it can be unlearned. Uh, and so if you equip um, teachers and even parents and um, teacher aides to with the right skills, they can almost become lay coaches, particularly if those children have got that mild to moderate level um, anxiety. And so um, a lot of the way that anxiety gets worse or better is in the interactions that children have with significant adults in their community. So we know that the interactions really matter. And Harvard had done some really good work on this in what are called serve and return conversations. And their their view is that if you change the, the nature and the type of um, responses the adults give to the child, you can actually fix the anxiety over time. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, the Anxiety Project currently has 54 schools in New South Wales undertaking this project. What would be the expectation for schools and school principals if they were to consider undertaking this project? Well, if you look at it, it's a wide-scale problem. It needs a wide-scale intervention. Uh, I did some work with UNICEF back in 2018 in Vietnam, and I learned a lot from doing that project uh, with UNICEF at the time because it was a whole-of-population change project that we were undertaking. And what's important in a whole-of-population change project is that you, one, work with a theory of change and that you help all the stakeholders who are involved in the process to work out their role um, vis-a-vis, you know, the problem at hand. So the problem at hand, as is, you know, as came up in the APA survey, was child anxiety. And child anxiety, was, the principals weren't say, seeing, uh, uh, well, they couldn't really um, specify that they were seeing more disorders, but they were seeing more children speaking anxiously and more children behaving anxiously. And what happens is if... Um, people don't know exactly how to respond to a child who speaks anxiously towards them or they don't know how to respond, uh, how to manage that problem. Uh, a, a lot of people, I've, my wife's a teacher, she tells me that people, uh, teachers are lacking a bit of confidence in dealing with child anxiety because they're not sure what to say or what to do in the face of it. And the, a large part of the anxiety project is changing the interactions between um, the significant adults and the child and repeating those changes in the interactions over time. In the literature, they talk about what's called seemingly modest interventions repeated by significant adults over time. And and I like that notion because it makes it actually doable that people, if if they know how to respond and then they repeat those uh, responses over time, not only should you see a reduction in child anxiety over time, but also um, you'll develop um, children's resilience. In in my book, I've got a book that I just published called The Anxiety Coach. I I suggest that, in fact, um, if you um, develop um, layer on layer of children's um, ability to manage the challenges and the stressors that they face, you build up their resilience. So the flip side, if you like, of of child anxiety is actually developing children's resilience capacity, which is the ability to not, you know, fold under pressure or to um, 
get more distressed than you need to be uh, as a child. And so if we can help kids to wrestle with challenges and stresses, over time they develop this capacity, you know, I, I, I actually I, I, I solved that problem. I was actually able to work through uh, that difficulty. And every time that they do that, they develop this uh, um, confidence in their ability to deal with the challenges and the stressors in life. And that's what we want them to do. On that trajectory of that developmental trajectory, not only do their, their brains and their minds develop, but what we should be seeing is kids who are better able to deal with difficulties as they go along. Yeah, thanks, Michael. You've really unpacked the, the significance of the adult in the school context the next part of the the puzzle is the parents and where do parents fit in the anxiety project? I, I think parents are, are kind of they're in a bit of a tricky situation. I think um, we've we've spooked a few parents. I think in recent years, um, you know, I'm thinking that it's almost like they have to get it perfectly right. Uh, and you know, there's lots of people in the community like child protection agencies who are doing their job well, that's good, but also I think parents are feeling like they, they can't do anything wrong, you know, and so they're, they're, they're um, trying to fix problems up for their kids along the trajectory I talked about before. Sometimes that's useful, sometimes it's not because when you think about it, every time we jump in for a child and try to fix the problem on their behalf, one principal said this to me, Drew. He said, um, we steal the moment from the child. We, we, we steal that moment for that child to work out the problem for themselves. And if you don't get the practice in you know, resolving the difficulties that you're facing, then I guess what's going to happen is that you'll, you'll, um, you'll not develop those um, problem-solving, reframing abilities. In the, in the research on this, what we know that cognitive behavioural therapy is probably the treatment of choice for kids who've got anxiety. But yet the remarkable reality is that a, a very small proportion of children will get that cognitive behavioural help um, in primary school. And, and, and I'm, I'm relying on some English research to say this, but Reardon and her colleagues from the UK are saying that less than 3% of children actually get cognitive behavioural uh, treatment. Now, that's, that's at the treatment end. At the early intervention end, of course, we want to help kids to develop the skills they would learn if they went to get treatment at, at the end. There's no, there's no um, rhyme or reason to the fact that we're not doing this as an early, early intervention tool. And, you know, when I was at university, I, I was often thinking to myself, why isn't cognitive behavioural therapy used more often as a an early intervention tool and it can be uh, in the in the in the project the anxiety project we teach children uh, in lessons how their brain works and how their mind can figure things out and how they can become better problem solvers and better reframers of things as they go along with little kids of course they feel most of that anxiety in their bodies and the, the biggest symptom that you'll see in children is avoiding they'll avoid a challenge, we'll avoid <laughs> having a go. And the whole um, reason for the anxiety project is to develop children's ability to have a go. And that's part of the training that's there for both parents and for teachers. The parent program is a, you know, three um, session program to really help parents to figure out how they can respond as one of those significant adults in the community uh, to their child's anxiety at the time. 
Michael, thanks for the update on the Anxiety Project, the insights, evidence-proven research about anxiety. It's reassuring, backed by clear evidence and research. I'll segue now into your book that you mentioned earlier, The Anxiety Coach. Can you tell me about the book and essentially what made you write The Anxiety Coach? Well, I've written a couple of other books, but this one came out of some work that we were doing with parents uh, called, and the the online course is called Anxiety Coach. And I often think that what's missing sometimes on the bookshelves uh, for parents is a a method book. And teachers, having been a a former teacher, uh, I think what I came, came away from doing that work was uh, with was that parents often need a method as well. They need to do this first, do this second, do this yeah. third. Uh, and the book is lined up in a sequence of chapters that eventually funnels down at the end to implementation at home. So it's an easy read, they tell me. Um, it's getting put on to Audible shortly, I believe. The publisher only came oh, back in this morning. For- and told me that they're um, it's ready to go to the audible kind of um, platform, uh, and they won't be too far away. But yeah. it's available in most bookshops in Australia and New Zealand at the moment. Yeah, that's fantastic. Look, thank you for your your time. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about the Anxiety Project and the Anxiety Coach? Well, merely to say, I just want to recognise the important work that primary school teachers and leaders do in this area for kids. And uh, it's a terrific uh, response by the New South Wales Primary Principals Association to, you know, have a go and get out there and and try and fix this problem that's um, widespread in, in the Australian community. Anyway, thanks very much for having me, Drew, on today. No, thank you. And I'm sure we'll have further chats throughout 2023. Michael Horton, everyone, thanks for your time. Thank you. Principal Learning Podcast is a podcast where we explore our current professional learning offerings to the New South Wales PPA membership. And we explore these against a framework of our three key values of principal wellbeing, principals as lead learners, and principals leading school operations. These values are wrapped around the values of support, empowerment, advocating and leading.